Are you a current or future physician assistant wanting to learn more about finances? Then join me on this journey to become a PA the FI way. Hi, my name is Kat and I'm a practicing certified physician assistant who will be your host. It took me five years after I started practicing medicine as a PA to thoroughly dive into my personal finances after I discovered the concept of financial independence. I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Welcome back, current and future PAs on your way to financial independence. I'm your host, Kat, and I'm so happy that you're able to join me today. Whether you are a newly graduated PA, or you're going to be graduating soon and taking your pants exam, or whether you are a seasoned PA professional, I wanted to thank you for taking the time out of your day to take a listen to this episode to try to help you with your personal finance. Before I dive into today's episode, I wanted to remind everyone that I am not a financial expert, such as a financial planner or an accountant. I am simply a PA that wants to assist with your education and personal finance on your way to financial independence. In my episodes, I cannot talk about specifics for your particular situation, but rather can provide an overview of general financial topics so you have the tools that you need to feel as though you're making an informed decision while formulating your plan to build wealth over time. On today's episode, I'm actually going to be talking about two different topics, dividends and diversification. When it comes to investing, dividends and diversification do not necessarily relate to each other, but I'm a huge English nerd and a fan of alliteration, and these topics should be discussed. So let's first discuss dividends. You may have heard of dividends as they relate to investing, or you may not have heard of them yet. In fact, you may still be learning the basics of investing, such as what type of investment accounts you should have access to and what types of investments to purchase. If that's the case, take a listen back to episodes 12 and 13 of the podcast. So what are dividends? Dividends are typically cash payouts or distributions from a portion of the company's profits to the qualified stockholders, though sometimes can be paid in the form of additional stock. So in this case, you would be the stockholder if you own a stock of a particular company that does pay out dividends. Additionally, some bonds can pay out dividends too. We will soon talk more about bonds later in the episode. In order to be a qualified stockholder, you need to have owned the stock prior to a particular date, not just the date that the dividend is paid out, in order to be eligible to receive the dividend. So usually you need to have owned the stock ahead of time. It's important to note that not every publicly traded company pays dividends, as they are discretionary, which means that the company's board of directors decides whether it would pay dividends or not. Did you notice all of the alliteration that was used in that sentence? Much like the decision to pay dividends is discretionary by the board, so is the decision as to how frequently the dividends should be paid. For example, they are often paid quarterly or yearly, but may even be paid monthly. 
You can either accept the cash from the dividend payout, or you can select an automatic DRIP, which is an acronym that stands for Dividend Reinvestment Plan, to have your dividends automatically reinvested in the stock to purchase more shares, sometimes at a discount. You can look at dividend yield, which is an equation to measure the percentage of dividend income, as this is the percent of the return of the asset paid over the course of one year. Although investing in companies that pay dividends may sound like a stable investment, it should be noted that downturns in the economy can affect the amount of dividend payouts, or whether they will even be paid out at all. They are not guaranteed. Although paying out dividends implies that the company is a good investment and doing well, just because a dividend stock from a company has a high payout doesn't mean that the company is necessarily doing well. If the company can no longer sustain the high dividends, then the stock price of the company may drop, which would affect you in both ways, with lower dividend payouts and your stock value dropping from that company as well. Additionally, be cautious about only looking at the dividend yield when evaluating a company to decide if you should invest in it. You may be tempted to purchase a stock because the payout is high, but don't forget to look at the total return of the investment, including interest as well. Some investors try to focus their investments in dividend-paying stocks that have high dividend yields. This practice by nature can lead to stock picking which, as a reminder, often is not always the best way to invest for most people as no one truly knows the future of a company. Again, this is not true investment advice. It should be viewed more as general education for you to consider what to do with your own money. Additionally, many index funds and ETFs do pay out dividends. Investing in index funds can provide more stability and diversification than chasing individual companies with high dividend yields. So speaking of diversification, this brings me to the next topic of today's episode, which is diversification. So what does diversification mean for your investment portfolio? Diversification means owning a few or several types of investments or stocks so as to essentially not have all of your eggs in one basket. So for example, if you only invested in Amazon, or if you only invested in Tesla, or if you only invested in Bitcoin, your investments would not be diversified at all. Additionally, even if you invested in all three of those, it could be argued that it's still not a very well-diversified portfolio because again, it's only three different types of investments. Diversification is usually used as a tool to hedge against market turndowns so that your portfolio doesn't drop a significant amount. Additionally, diversification helps you to benefit from the upsides of other investments in case one or two aren't doing very well. If you are already investing in low-cost, broad-based index funds, your investments already have a component of diversification because you are not only invested in one or two of your favorite companies. If you are investing in a total stock market index fund, then you are owning a small portion of many publicly traded companies. Additionally, these types of index funds are self-cleansing, meaning that if some of the smaller companies start not doing well by underperforming, they are replaced by other better-performing companies. But... 
investing in index funds is not the only way that your portfolio could be diversified. For example, many investors will elect to have some bonds in their asset allocation to, quote, smooth the ride as the stock market goes up and down quite frequently. Bonds are loans that you can invest in by lending money to corporations or the government and be paid back with interest. Bonds can make the dips dip less when the stock market goes down, but the opposite is true as well in that the growth of stocks may then may not be as high if there are many bonds in the portfolio. One of the greats in the financial independence community, John Bogle, has recommended that investors consider having roughly your age in bonds and the amount of stocks in your portfolio that equals 100% minus your age. For example, if you're 35 years old, then you would have 65% of your portfolio be in stocks and 35% of it be in bonds. Those who are less conservative and a bit more aggressive with their investing may consider using 120% minus their age. In this example, if you're 35 years old, then you would have 85% in stocks and 15% in bonds. How do you know if your investments are diversified when compared to each other? You can evaluate the two by looking at their correlation. If two investments are strongly correlated, then the value of these would rise and fall together over time. And if they were negatively correlated, then when one goes up, the other would go down in value. Sometimes two assets can even be uncorrelated, meaning that they don't rise and fall together or perform opposite of each other, but rather do their own thing. So sometimes they both may be up or sometimes one may be up and another one be down. They just don't correlate at all. If two investments were positively correlated, then the number would be close to positive 1.0. And if they were negatively correlated, then the number would be close to negative 1.0. There are actually online tools available for you to compare various assets or investments to see what the numbers would be. I found it somewhat surprising that international stocks and REITs, which are a way to invest in real estate, are actually pretty correlated with total stock market index funds, as the correlation numbers are close to positive 1.0. But total bond index funds are negatively correlated with total stock market index funds, which would likely mean that if the stock market starts to drop, causing the value of your stocks to go down, your bond value would likely increase, causing your overall portfolio drop to not be as noticeably large as if it would have been if you didn't have bonds. This may provide more peace of mind, especially if you're going through your first bear market. Having bonds or other types of negatively correlated assets in your portfolio when compared to stocks may not only provide peace of mind during a bear market, but especially can provide peace of mind when you are nearing your retirement. Imagine the many retirees who had retired right before the COVID pandemic that led to a bear market. At the time, they had decided that they were done working, but then saw much of their value of their portfolio plummet. That may have been shocking to many of them. However, if they had bonds in the mix as well as stocks, their portfolio still very likely dropped, but probably likely less so than if they didn't have bonds. Granted, even if their portfolio dropped a lot, as long as they didn't have to sell some of their investments at the time to get the money out to use on things, then those losses wouldn't have been what's called realized, 
meaning locked in at that price, if they had the patience and the funds to instead keep their money invested in the market until the market recovered shortly thereafter. As you can see, having an understanding of the concepts of both dividends and diversification can help you as you choose your investments and decide on your asset allocation. As always, I sincerely hope you found this information valuable and informative. If you did, please consider subscribing to the podcast so I can bring more valuable content to you in the future. And please consider leaving a five-star rating with a comment sharing what you enjoy about the podcast so other current and future PAs can benefit from this information. It is my hope that there will be many PAs that reach financial independence so they can continue to live a life that they enjoy full of things that they value for many years to come. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way. Please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on, but more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time, 